0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide Valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Making the Turn. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Be sure that uh, you tell everybody about it. uh, Like, share, subscribe. It always helps us going forward. Man, I am sitting here with one of my good friends, buddies. I don't know, man. You're just an all-around good dude. Dan Johnson, what's up, brother?
1: What's up, BJ? Thanks for having me back. My third time on your podcast, and I
0: appreciate everything you do for the industry. Man, I I appreciate you saying that. I I started this, you were one of the very first people that I ever uh, had on. You were instrumental in getting this podcast off the ground. It took a little hiatus when I went over to Arkansas, but... uh, I'm trying to get it back, and what a a better way to ring in 2024, talk about you, what's new. Um, Man, this podcast is a great avenue to not only learn about people in our industry, but just get to know people that you wouldn't normally see on a daily basis. And uh, You're one of those good dudes in the industry doing a lot for the business, you're which we'll get into. You do a lot more than just your everyday job. So, uh, thank you for your friendship and man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me again, BJ. I appreciate it. Well, good man. Um, thanks for the lunch. It was a good. It was a good day, uh, man. It's pouring down rain today, and golf yeah. course is soaked. Cruise so. crews headed home. So, what better? What better to uh, jump on here and uh, chat about the uh, the world that we live in? Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's been a, a heck of a couple weeks.
1: Uh, During TTA, it rained all week and just nasty. And the guy, you know, laying dormant sod all week. And then we had that snowstorm. And of course, you know, we'll come in and plow and shovel and, and do all that. But, you know, you're keeping 15 grown men, you know, busy. Yeah. But you want to be productive and justify everything. So, I mean, Last week during the freeze, and of course schools out, so I was juggling my kids a little bit and sledding <laughs> yep. here at the golf course as well. But uh, you know, we painted the floors, the trim, the walls, the the cupboards, um, just kiss. the cabinets, the the hazard stakes, the the ball washers, the the tee markers.
0: You know, you got your entire winter inside work done in one week, huh?
1: Yeah. So this week has been a stretch. Just. Yeah. Uh, you know, making sure that we we're getting after it and staying productive. But yeah, we've we've been going home a couple couple days a little bit early. But man, my yeah. guys got after it all year. Yeah, like everyone else here in Middle Tennessee, um, you know, we're a hundred percent Bermuda grass. So we had mass quantities of winter kill. Yeah, we we sodded, ended up sodding twenty five truckloads of sod this year in house. That's about six acres of grass, <laughs> not counting what grass we grew in over. Yeah. You know the the growing season, but uh, it was tough. May was cold and cloudy and not humid, and, right. and June was too. So we didn't really start moving and growing grass till first or second week of July, and so I've never been more proud of the place. You know, present day. But it was, it took about till August 15th till you could come yeah. into work and really be proud of what you were putting out. And yeah. it wasn't for lack of money or labor or fertilizer or sod, or, you know, throwing everything we got at it. Yeah. And not, I'm not the only one. I no, mean, there's I, I every super, and even like the zoysia grass courses, they, maybe their fairways were, were fine, but yeah. you know, their roughs got torched with some winter kill or yeah. maybe their greens got a little banged up, um but overall, you know, it, it was, it was one of those years where like, man, I don't know how many of these, like, if you had to do that every year in this industry, I don't, I don't know if anybody might, you know, let alone myself, I don't, I don't know how like long-term sustainable, but it was really rewarding when it all came together. This fall was beautiful. Um, a lot of really nice golf. I mean, you know, End of august september october november and half yeah. of december the members were really treated to you know something special but it took months and months of just you know putting in the work to yeah. to get something out of it um so you know still still grinding still really happy here uh coming up on 12 years in april which is unbelievable um which means we've been friends for 11 and a half of those yeah. and, and uh, awesome relationships Man, it's hard there. to
0: believe it's been 12 years you're here. And you're at Old Hickory Country Club, for those who don't know yeah. Dan. He is uh, the superintendent um, extraordinary here at Old Hickory Country Club, and uh, was it Hermitage? Is it actually Hermitage? Is that where it's? No, we're, Old in, we're in Old Hickory. Old Hickory, so it's yeah. north of north of Nashville. I guess it's north of Nashville, uh, just by a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's in between Madison yeah. and, and Hermitage yeah. off Old Hickory Boulevard, but um, but yeah, just just an unbelievable year, and excited for next season, and you know, hopefully we get through the rest of this winter and, yeah. um, you know, really just hit the ground running next year and not have, not have major hiccups, but, but Hey, whatever comes at us, we, we got a good, good thing going. We got a good staff. And, yeah. um, so we're still rocking and rolling. And then in, you know, in my, my personal life, um, my daughter's five and a half and my son is coming up on three in March and yeah. I uh, just couldn't be more blessed and happy to, uh, you know, just have two happy and healthy kids. And she's in kindergarten, and he's, I guess, he'll do pre K three next year. But,
0: but how has that changed being a father and having young kids, and how has that affected the work that's the demanding side of golf course superintendent work and the challenges that you, you know, a lot of times you gotta, you gotta bust it you know and it mother nature calls and you're dealing with all the challenges we had with the weather I mean it's a constant battle how did how has that sort of changed for you as far as that goes well it's although challenging it's you know probably the best
1: thing that ever happened for for this because it it forces you to leave and go take care of your kids and, and be a dad yeah um so you know, where it'd be nothing to find an excuse to stay till, you know, four, five, 6 o'clock. Yeah. Knowing that I got to pick my son up at three o'clock and pick my daughter up at three thirty, um, it's it's really a, a blessing. And then and then my wife is very understanding. She knows if the wind blows or you know the lightning sure. strikes or you know we get a tornado or um that you know I'm 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 going to go in, but I also you know thankfully can fall back on two really good assistants uh randy and sundance and then my mechanic is world class and you know have a tremendous belief in everyone on my crew the guys that have been with me five plus years to the guys that have been with me you know eight months or so um so but getting back to having kids and and being in this industry just so much uh you know, it makes you look back and think of how silly it was sometimes of, and that, that doesn't diminish that, you know, we still all work really hard when we're here, but it having that excuse to leave and and go be a normal person is, is pretty special.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I've gotten a chance to take a step back, I don't do the normal superintendent work anymore. I'm in the business still, but um, one of the things that I've gotten to take a step back from and take a sort of look at it from that perspective now after, you know, I'm still a class A, I still, you know, consider myself a golf course superintendent at heart, but the challenges and the and the things that I didn't realize golf the demands, not necessarily the challenges, but the demands of the position had on me. And I even have said publicly and have told my kids it's like, you know, I didn't realize being a dad and the roles that it, you know, it it created with you know, I went through a divorce, and you know there were some other things that you know, right or wrong, it happened to me in my career in my life. But I didn't, I didn't get to always understand it fully until I was able to step back and say, "Hey, man, I was not there always for y'all when I needed to be." You know, I'd had to run off to work, or I was at, I was leaving in the morning, and you know, seeing y'all at night, and then I was, you know, in bed early because I was tired, and you know, I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me until one day I was not working on a weekend didn't have a phone call didn't have to worry about greens burning or you know somebody calling me about the bunker rakes not being in the proper spot you know all that crazy stuff you get from time to time and i just said i didn't i didn't take a step back and and appreciate the fact that i let work dominate some of the things that i could have i could have either let other people handle or i said it's not as important is the family dynamic, and maybe I wouldn't have gone through all the struggles that I went through. Maybe I wouldn't have gone through my missing a kid's ball game or you know missing a, a function at school. Or I would have gone to see them more. And it's not that I didn't do that. I don't want to sound like I was an awful father. I, I don't think I was, but I didn't. I didn't have the perspective that I do now. And and now that I'm able to kind of share that, I think. Yeah, you're not as young as some of the guys in our industry, but you're still young. It's like, man cherish the moments with your family and you know realize that that work's still going to be there it don't matter if a tornado comes through here or not i mean eventually that work will get done and you know whatever the case might be so that's my little tidbit on it
1: yeah sometimes like if we have a storm on a friday night i catch myself telling laura like hey i'm for sure going in tomorrow and then i'll catch myself sometimes i've gotten to the point where i'll even get completely ready to go into work yeah and I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll be like, damn, what are you doing? You, you've got seven really highly trained guys coming in today. You got Randy's coming in. He's world class, you yeah. know, phenomenal assistant, been here 35 years. Uh, or Sundance, you know, he he works Sundays. And, um, you know, actually catch myself and say, I don't need to go in. Yeah. I'm sorry that I. Yeah, those guys. Sent you into a panic that I was going to miss, like doing the morning, you know, going to the zoo this morning with the kids, because I was going to go in and probably just get in the way of of them getting putting the pieces back together off the storm the day before. So, Um, but yeah, I definitely i don't want to i don't want to get into that habit of just missing a bunch of stuff. So it it's it's been very welcome to, you know, I you say be forced to do it be forced to be a dad but it but it helps in your professional life too to yeah. um when you're forced in the situations in your personal life just yeah. picking up the kids forces me to have a certain time of the day where I get after it <laughs> yeah. as hard as I can and then I'm I'm out so uh
0: well they're not going to remember I mean, you're obviously going to get to a point where you're bringing your kids. You may already bring them to the course and have them riding around. I mean, I did all that. That's the fun part. But they're not going to remember the time – I mean, they're the times that you ran out or you did – all. They, I mean – whether that sticks in their mind now or not is, is kind of hard, but it but it it takes it makes a lasting impression, not only on Laura but you know just in general, and it, it creates sort of this you know dynamic where you you can't get out of it. it but if you don't ever start it, or if you say, "Hey, I got to take a step back," there's I've got capable people that are going to come in that are going to do the work that that I can rely on them, and I can I can show up when I need to, or I can you know I I don't have to miss church this morning, or I can go to you know the zoo like you said or whatever. I mean. I think those are those are valuable things that, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're a new dad or, you know, mom or whatever, they can say this business because this business is very demanding. It's seven days a week. It's holidays. It's unlike anything else. And that's where the whole dynamic of how do you balance your life versus the work and all the things that go with it, because you know, when we're balancing, a, when we're man, maintaining a living, breathing organism and we deal with Mother Nature and all the things that come with that, it changes on a dollar. I mean, you could have the best laid plans and boom, you got to think of something completely different. Yeah, And that affects not only you and your people at work, but your home life and all the things that go along with that, too. So I will say.
1: I always thought that I. I always wanted to play golf for a living, and then it became painfully apparent that, that wasn't going to happen early on in college. What, what gave you that impression? Just the 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 chip yips. <laughs> the ch- it's bad. It's you still got them. Yeah, I mean, well, I I get through it, yeah. and then you know, it, it's when you can't even like practice well with no pressure, yeah. and and pull the trigger back. It, it's it's not going to get any better when yeah. something's on the line. But what I will say about being a golf course superintendent versus a golf professional, because then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not good enough to tour or, like, play for money, so maybe I'll do the PGA. But I've done this since I was 14 years old, changing cups, weeding. And that was my first job, 14 years old, New York State. And we come in on the 4th of July at 4.30, but we're to the house by 9 o'clock. And so <laughs> – well it it pays me to say this, I really feel for golf professionals <laughs> because when you talk about a work life balance and yes, we do work seven days a week and it you know the phone calls i mean the the water lines in the clubhouse broke this weekend with that deep freeze last week right. well, who who's who do they call who who knows how to shut stuff off right one or two people, me and Randy, yeah. okay, so they're gonna make that phone call so we're we're still trucking across town and putting stuff out but uh, being a golf course superintendent, and it, it should be easier for us to have work life balance, and have some sort of normalcy in in our lives, right? Versus golf professionals. Now I understand they can also build really great staffs, and they just it's all about managing their time more efficiently as well. But w- what I see on the weekends and holidays is they want to see us too. They they it's important that sure. the high profile members, or any member, they're all important, but that they see us working or riding around or hey we've got this we know our guy is here and on property and they're rolling they're double mowing and rolling and you know it makes them feel warm and fuzzy when they when they see us 100 percent. but it's also for the golf professionals they're not really in a position where they want to see the golf pros when they get done with their little silly scramble on the fourth or memorial day or whatever and so where we can be seen and head to the lake or right. head to be with our families. So, I mean, it's a trade off. And, and, uh, that's just one kind of funny. I was thinking about that the other day of, uh, you know, we always, you know, joke about, you know, supers and golf pros and whatnot, but, uh, and a lot of golf pros are some of my closest friends, but just seeing that, um, uh, the different dynamics is, is, is pretty neat.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the whole – it's the, the, the business as a whole. It, you know, we all have to work together. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But the the dynamics of it are that it's a, it's a seven-day week, 365, you know, rarely get a day or two off. Holidays, you know, are, are always a demand. So, yeah, I mean, and golf pros aren't immune to it uh, in a way that, uh, you know, like you said, we can come in, bang it out, and get done by 10 o'clock. You know for a Labor Day or a Memorial Day scramble or a member mm-hmm. guest or whatever, and you know, come back the next morning and they're here all day, you know. But yeah. then, you know, they I'm sure they get their downtime too, so it, yeah, it's just, they're doing it's a just trade-off. fine, it's just a trade off. So, but you know, it's it is what it is. I think I think you're managing it well. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that I like to see is guys who are you know, self-aware, understanding, you know, hey, life changes, you know. It's not like you're you, – it's just you and Laura or just you by yourself now. It's a whole different dynamic, and I don't think you, you are. But, I mean, it's just not getting caught up in the whole rigmarole because I, I it took being away from it before I even understood or realized the the demand of it. You know and being how hard it is on you and how taxing it is and then it add you know you, I don't feel fifty one anymore I've done a lot of good things in my life but uh you know you can you can feel super old and not in for your age in this business yeah. so
1: I turned thirty nine in a couple months but in the last year year and a half it, I've finally the years and years of just putting a toll on my body yep. physically whether it was <laughs> sports when i was young hockey and soccer and yep. and golf i mean you put a lot of torque on your body just playing golf it's not yes you can play it a long time but you know when you're trying to do it at a high level and swinging as hard as you can and i mean you you, you got put that a,
0: violent action though
1: yeah it's violent all right <laughs> but um this was like the first year where i've i've started noticing stuff t- hurting and so i'm yeah. you know on a personal level trying to make a a few better choices whether that mean eating a little less or drinking a little less right. or walking the golf course you know instead of trying to hit 5 miles a day you know trying to hit 10 and if i yeah. if i hit 8 then it's a win and you know at least i set that goal but um yeah just finally started noticing in the last year stuff is starting to hurt yeah you know i don't know if it's from from my childhood sports or just digging irrigation holes the last 20 plus years yeah. or, uh, you know, laying sod in the pouring rain when the, you know, a slab should weigh 15 pounds and it's, it's 85 pounds yeah. and, you know, feels like a bag of concrete. I mean, we did, did that all winter last year and then we had the winter kill and we did it all summer too.
0: Right. Um, and you still like to, um, not to toot your own hormone. you still like to get out there with the guys and do a lot of the work yourself. I, I mean, I, I know that that's a big thing for you. You're not just a manage it, sit back and watch kind of guy you, you get out there with them.
1: Yeah. I, I've always prided myself on that. It's been eye opening. When I say I'm trying to get healthy is the last three months, just kind of fighting some You know, it started with lifting my 40-pound son into the truck, but that truck sits, you know, super high up off the ground by the time you get to the car seat, and I pulled out the left side of my back. Well, you start walking funny, your whole body starts hurting. Yep. Started dealing with some nerve pain. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Right. And uh, I... Getting out of it, I'm in the clear. I'm getting back to to pride myself on working hard again. But I, it was eye opening. Is hey, I've got to lean on my guys that I've hired and put in place to 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 run this operation. Yeah, and and be more of a in a managerial role and, and lean on my assistants a little harder. And thankfully, um, you know, clawing my way out of it. But yeah, just the last year starting, things are starting to hurt. Yeah, and I, I just want to feel feel better and you know be a little lighter yeah um stretch a little more drink a little less do
0: you have a plan or you got something you're doing or you're just kind of shooting from the hip or what what's it what's it like for you
1: yeah i really it it starts at work so I drink as much water as humanly possible i've never drank a lot of water over right. the years big so the solution to pollution is dilution, whether you're putting food and toxins in your body, whether you're putting alcohol in your body. I mean, water will do wonders for you, you know, exercise number two, you know, instead of hopping in that golf cart. And to be honest with you, for superintendents or any crew members in our industry, there's a lot of older supers that will come back and say, I wish I hadn't ridden in my utility vehicle as much as I did because it's bouncing you around it's not good on your spine it's no. not good on your joints it's not good on your hips your back um, and it's funny I I would have never thought that until right. I started hearing some guys who are really I'm really close to in the middle Tennessee area and some of them are having some surgeries because of it you know I know a couple guys locally who've had some hip replacements recently or on on the books and yeah. and they're like I really think it's because of of riding so yeah lose a few pounds drink some more water s- stretch three times a day right. just 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 little stuff to start out you know i don't have any resolutions per se i you know right. it seems like you start out the year with resolutions and i mean to to get better at anything in life you got to do it for yourself and not 100% and, and so until so, there's certain things in, in my life that I'm all, all in, like ready to do better. Yeah. You know, and there's other things that I'm not. And so, I want to start with realistic goals that I know I can attain. Yeah. I know I can drink water. I, last year, I did really well wearing sunscreen the first half of the year.
0: Yep.
1: You know, we're out there. I mean, I, we, number one green when the covers blow off, we probably put five to 10,000 plugs in that green to grow that thing back in. And me and, and two other guys did did all of it. Yeah. And I could have had my my whole crew up there, but we got a golf course to maintain as well. But the yep. three of us hung out, and so I, I was good about wearing sunscreen, but then, like, that fizzled out. But that should be something that it, it seems so silly. It's like, well, how hard is it to wear sunscreen? Well, when you've never really done a very good job of it your whole <laughs> life. But that's a huge, like, if, a win if you can, you know, like – I want to drink as much water as I can every day. Like, I think that's an attainable goal. I think you should be able to lather on some sunscreen. That's attainable.
0: Right.
1: You should be able to leave the cart at the shop a few more times a day. If I've got to go to the HR department or the accountant or, you know, I'm I'm 350 yards from that clubhouse. I I should be able to walk over there a few extra times a day. and, And that'll... That'll be huge, I've done it before i've I've lost tons of weight before doing these few little things um but yeah, it's you know, like I said, we've known each other almost twelve years, neither of us are getting younger and no. and stuff is starting to hurt a little bit and uh you know thankfully we're we're still in relatively both pretty decent shape, yeah, but, but we can all. I'll do better. So I I think, you know, set attainable, realistic goals. So with me it's you know, get more sleep. I mean, I the last probably That's decade, the last decade one. I've been sleeping probably 6 hours. Yeah. And I've really in the last when I started like hurting a little bit, and that takes a lot out on you too. Yeah. You, you burn a lot of energy trying to heal your body and stuff, but um I'm really trying to get the eight, the full eight hours and it's made a world of difference the last three months or so, just in how you, you know, you wake up feeling and, um, you know, you're in a better frame of mind. You interact with your wife better, your kids better, your employees better, my friends better, vendors
0: better. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot, uh, of. Research and data about how sleep affects so many other parts of your, you know, you know, just your overall health. And I can tell you that I've been sleeping better and I've noticed a considerable matter of fact, to the point where now it seems like I I recognize when I don't sleep enough as opposed to where before I was either having too much to drink at night or staying up too late or, you know, all these things were kind of, you know, fog in my head and I, I wouldn't sleep and I would wake up every hour, you know, I would and, and you're just running hot You get up and you boss the wall going hard and then you get home and you crash or you do it all over again. And now all of a sudden you're three or four days into it and you just feel like you wake up one day you're like dizzy or you can't feel your toes or, I mean, yeah. it's just miserable. And now I don't, man, I just, I wake up refreshed every day. I don't have near the complications. I still, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So uh, I'm still wear and tear on the body hurts. But I'm, you know, yes, sleep is very important. And I am starting to realize how much of importance it was. Yeah. No, it's been, been a
1: huge, a huge bonus. So, um, but anyways, what we got going on coming up, we're uh, hopefully finished. We're halfway done with the
0: cart path on this golf course. Um, talking to that mic a little bit. You're talking off the side, buddy. We're gonna try I, to I, finish up go.
1: our try to finish up our cart path okay. renovation this year.
0: Hopefully, um, my boss bought another. So, the, so hold on before you go into all this. It was last time we talked, I don't know. We did talk a little bit about you had a new owner and some of the changes that were coming on, and that was couple years ago probably, i think probably 4 years ago yeah, so we haven't talked a lot so there's going to be a lot to cover as far as what's new and what's going on with the course so so recap a little bit of that and kind of where you where you've come over the last 3 or 4 years
1: yeah so we're we're continuing we're you know we we kind of added a championship set of tees on and we're probably 90% done with that i'd yeah. say out of 18 holes 17 t- holes were able to be extended. We've probably completed 14 or 15 of them. A yeah. couple just need grass. We should be done by the spring. Uh, that's just been a, you know, I, I was not given a timeline. It was, so as we get material, whether it's, you know, rough fill or
0: topsoil or, uh, you know. Has that just been something you just decided to do in-house with the owner or? Or how'd that come about?
1: Yeah that that was in house with the owner and and obviously the owner's friendship with with John Daly. So we, for those of you who hadn't listened to previous episodes, we uh, got to kind of lay out a longer set of T's yeah. We we'll stretch this course from sixty seven five to just under seventy four when it's all said and wow. done.
0: That's a pretty big jump.
1: Um, most of them are really really good. There's a few that are a little quirky. When you get landlocked, you yeah. you, you kind of get creative. Um, but overall, uh, it, it'll it'll be a big improvement. Yeah. Um, the course has really grown. I think when Stephen Leah bought the place uh, back in eighteen, there was two hundred and eighty-seven members, and now we are capped at four hundred members. Uh, When they bought the place, it was either zero initiation or $2,000. And (laughs) it it went to 10, and then it went to 20, and then it went to 25. And now, you know, through a lot of really, really nice improvements and investment on their part uh, to the clubhouse and to the golf course, they've been very supportive of my operation, uh, my employees, my myself my assistants uh, and give them us what we need to make the place better to justify you know what they want out of it right um, and so now I believe the initiation is is right at fifty thousand dollars and uh, it's still pretty reasonable month to month I think if you're over 40 to walk through the gates you're looking six 650 I could be way off it yeah. might be a little more I know everything's gone up and everything's gone up I mean, everywhere. It's, it's insane, to be so, with you. Um, And it's not... The funny thing about the economics of this business is, like, pandemic hit, fertilizer went up, but now the cost of, like, all the raw materials and stuff is back to where it was pre-pandemic, yet the price is still double of what it was. It's, it's come down since, like, the, oh, man, everyone's going to get sick and die. Right. Um, initial, like, shock of the pandemic when... You know, the raw materials out of, out of Russia and Ukraine um, for the fertilizer industry were, you know. Yeah. So it's funny. While we're experiencing, like, price reductions, it's like everything's the same raw material cost as it was four years ago, yet right. nothing's come back to the cost that it was four years ago. Some of that, you know, trucking is obviously through the roof. So there's other reasons why the final cost of goods hasn't hasn't come down, but um,
0: but anyways. Well the, the one thing that I you know you know and you have experienced being in this business is the, the pandemic that we went through um, had a incredible impact on the golf business. And that's where you were getting into about how everybody across the board has seen incredible growth. It, golf was one of the few outlets that allowed people to get out and do and continue to have a have some sense of life and enjoy some camaraderie and people didn't know how to handle it and all these people had, you know, all the clubs and different scenarios and trying to fight their way through it. And the result or the I guess the I don't know if it's a benefit or what you want to call it, but you 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 got a club now it's, you know, wouldn't have dreamed it was 50 grand, you know, and that's just a result of not only what you've done, but also the impact and the, and the, just the, the elevation that golf has seen because of, you know, what we've kind of worked through, you know, now granted Nashville has grown a lot. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of other factors, let's just say, but, I can go down the list of people that their golf courses were on the brink of disaster and have completely Harpeth Valley for one, that golf center is you can't, I mean, it's insane. What's going on over there. That's awesome. Here champions run is doing phenomenal, making all kinds of, you know, just, just a couple of people that I know of. I mean, across the board, um, and you know here's well, I mean just in a, when I started in nineteen ninety seven at the Golf Club of Tennessee, where I did my internship and was a first assistant, um I think the initiation fee was twenty five or thirty grand, and I just heard it's like three hundred I think it's. Yeah. I don't I probably, No, Yeah. And I mean, it's up there. I don't it, know. I've heard three and I've heard yeah. other off the record. Yeah. Things I, don't, of, I mean, I don't want to get into speculation about some other, but yeah. I, I mean, I heard it's around 300. <laughs> I was at a. And I the place was, is awesome. Yeah, and mean, it's worth is, every penny. <laughs> if you, if you got it, then <laughs> it's worth every. But year. I mean, 10 X in 20 years. Yeah. Twenty plus years, and that new course they're building
1: may be the most impressive thing I've seen in this golf business. I mean, yeah. they literally took eighteen ridges and flattened the top of every ridge. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful properties. Have you been out there? Yeah, you? I've been
0: yeah. there twice. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I talked to uh, Matt and uh, Mac about coming out and uh, this this spring, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, I think they've grasped like half of it, maybe. Yeah, um,
1: and got to catch up with Jeff. Jeff and uh, and Matt. I didn't catch up with Mac at the at the TTA, but no, all three of those guys fantastic. Yeah. They they got it going on. Um, but no, when you're saying like it's really optimistic when I see, and I, I hate I hate the word mom and pop because all these courses are really good quality values. It's kind of like
0: people saying we're farm boys or shop guys. I mean, it's just an inclusive yeah. term for a small you know, but yeah, I hear what you're saying.
1: But no, and I have personal connections out at Champions Run. Uh, One of the owners, Ron Graham, was the main gentleman who hired me and gave me my shot in this business 12 years ago. So when I hear stories like that of them not only seeing a profit and a very nice profit for the first time in many years, they're reinvesting into their golf course. They're doing irrigation and and wells and pump houses and cart paths. They
0: redid their greens. They,
1: They took out Ten thousand oak trees that were planted ten feet apart. Yep. I mean, and and all really good things. And yep. I think a lot of all those guys, Ray and and Steve Graham, and what what's cool. And you you brought up Harpeth and Champions Run. Um, when you were figuring out what what you were going to do yep. about six seven years ago, you you were an integral part of keeping those two operations afloat. I know personally you. You and Dawson put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into Harpeth Valley. And yep. I know you personally put your own blood, sweat, and tears into Champions Run. And just to kind of keep them floating, they were they weren't really experiencing that profit yet. So neither operation had a ton of money no. to 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 pay your company. Yep. Um or or you if you were doing it on your own or or whatever you and Dawson had worked out. But um no, seeing smaller clubs like that that a decade ago i would have never thought would have reinvested a penny into infrastructure seeing them do that kind of stuff is is awesome i mean i hear just rumor mills that you know hey you know harpeth is considering regrassing or they're fixing a bridge here you know and that's that stuff costs a lot of money yeah and they're putting it in and nashville's not getting any smaller and um there's a there's a market that at all levels, but no, if, if you know, like the pandemic was, you know, we caught a break by getting Stephen Lee to buy the place. We were on the verge of shutting down, yeah. you know, couldn't, couldn't even pay the bank note. I think sold it for the cost of, buy. I mean, we, but they came in, they've held up every end of their, their part of the, you know, the five-year deal to, uh, we, we've invested millions of dollars into the infrastructure on the course, in the clubhouse and continue to make it a value to where you can justify charging X number of dollars for a member fee or a guest greens fee, uh, and be, and be proud of it, not be, you know, sliding somebody a bill and, and feeling bad about it. And I mean, it's, uh, um, and then the pandemic, I wouldn't say most of our clientele, but I'm going to say at least one third of our clientele are musicians. I mean, there are probably let's call it ten really famous musicians, and then yeah. another seventy songwriters out here. And during Do you the think, pan- that's
0: a direct result from Steve and Leah buying the place, or in their connections, or is that just by happenstance?
1: I think both. I think I think it started out with their initial connections. I think then I think this place has always had a really special niche, uh, and it goes back to the Dupont years of being a blue collar hard working class, uh, kind of fun golf club. And, you know, it started out with a few big names coming out here. Pandemic hit, you know, you hate to say it at at a perfect time, but then those musicians started bringing all their songwriters with them. You know, they needed something to do. So these guys would work in the morning from 7 to 12, and they figured out they didn't need to be in the studio for – (laughs) <laughs> 10, 12 hours a day, they could yeah. get real serious and knock it out in four or five hours. Come here and they would song while they're playing their 18 hole round, they're talking shop and songwriting. And I mean, I've seen guys that, you know, they're out there, they've got guitars and
0: they're was literally. It was his course or somebody else's course. I don't know. It was, uh, I want to say it was Luke Bryan and Ernest and maybe somebody else. I may have, may have this wrong. And I just briefly saw it because you thought, made me think of something. But somebody wrote a song on a golf course. And about about particular round of golf or something, I can't remember. I mean, don't hold me to all this, but I, it wasn't probably here. I, I don't know. They were they had it on social media or somewhere. But
1: I know, um, um, really, a nice guy. I know Jelly Roll has done two or three music videos out here. Yeah, uh, Ernest and Hardy are out here all the time. I see them pretty much every Saturday morning yep. around nine o'clock. They have kind of a standing tea time. Heck yeah, and. Um, Luke Bryan's out here. He he typically plays in like the the uh, Darius Rucker tournament. We see him every year at the Darius tournament. And then yeah. Steve's really we we host a lot of really cool military outings. Yeah, and that mean that means a lot to you. You want if you're going to host outings, you want them to you want them to mean something. You want them to be quality. Yep. You want them to uh, you don't you don't just want to take anyone's money who wants to host a you know a normal a normal scramble you so if we're gonna do it and we we do a lot of really cool military outings yeah. um, uh there's a gentleman here, and he he's really gaining some traction, but if you've ever heard of the group war hippies uh Donny Reese and S- scooter brown uh are both members here, but they Oh man, not World of Warcraft. What? what, Call of Duty. So, their music. So, they're ex Marines. Uh huh. And Donnie is a world class violinist. And he plays every military item we have. He plays the the Star Spangled Banner on his violin. And it is awesome. Kills it. Uh, Yeah. So, I get nothing out of this. But for whoever who's listening, if you want to hear a really cool rendition of the Star Spangled Banner, Uh, war hippies and it'll it'll pop up or just type in donnie reese r-e-i-s i I think but um and like i said he's got four songs on call of duty or him and and scooter do and um both really 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 cool guys but yeah so it started out with just a few of the big names and then they brought and you, I, I say little names, but all <laughs> there's so many of these guys that
0: not little anymore. I've not
1: heard of, but then they're like, yeah, I've got four number ones, or yeah. yeah, I had no idea the business worked like that. And me being as naive as I am, I thought, like in high school, it was a big deal when you heard about a band breaking up or something. Yeah. Well, in Nashville, it's plug and play. Yeah. You just get a new drummer, or you get a new <laughs> bass player. I mean, yeah. one of my best friends is uh, Morgan Evans, <laughs> drummer, and. I didn't realize that it was so easy. Like if if he goes off tour, they just plug and play somebody else. Yeah. Or um, it wasn't like if the band broke up or if one band member leaves
0: that that they're the done forever. Done.
1: Like back in high school when.
0: Well, dude, you know the talent in this dead gum town is insane. You can't go downtown and not walk in past any honky tonk and just be like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah. I mean, that talent is insane around here. People you've never even heard of. So yeah. yes, I could imagine that plug and play is—I uh, mean, not to not that it's an easy thing to do, but yeah, the talent is everywhere around here.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty hard to get seen as a musician, you know, playing the honky tonk gigs on Broadway and stuff. It, it happens, yeah. and the the Nashville dream happens. Um, but I think there's different ways the musicians go about getting found, and I've had really fun, interesting conversations with these guys on how they get. You know, found or whatnot.
0: But, um, well, nowadays with the social media and stuff, it's, it's, you know, you got people that come out of the woodworks. They'll make a song on TikTok or Instagram and boom, they're like an overnight sensation. And they, you know, and it didn't take the, the normal corporate, you know, music row to get it done. And now all of a sudden they're big time and they're doing way more views and more of this and that. And then these people have cut their teeth for a long time. That's, that's even in more insane. You know, I had
1: a guy last summer. Um, and I really think a lot of this kid, if he, for some reason, ever listens to this podcast, I ended up letting him go. His name's Nathan Wilson and he he came out I don't know if it made it to number 1 but he made it on that massive billboard at the split on Broadway <laughs> by that Dude that that's a pretty impressive that, spot th- to be That billboard cuz he had something you know and it started out as a TikTok video and then it went into a top 10 song well he comes here you know he's like a a unicorn for me he comes in with a resume I mean <laughs> in my 24 years of doing this I've probably had let's call it 10 resumes yeah. that may include posting for like assistant jobs and stuff. Right. Like we just, normally you get someone come in and they're interested in working on a golf course. And then you have a conversation, you rarely get resumes. So Nathan brought me a resume. He had a turf degree from Rutgers university, which he got during the pandemic when music kind of, he's only 19 at the time, but yeah. like he was very talented said, I need to, you know, everything's shut down People weren't performing, whatnot. He goes to Rutgers, gets his turf certificate or two year degree, whatever whatever yeah. it was. He had a hard time showing up on time. He actually, ironically, ended up going to work for Steve's brother on the Tootsie's, Rippies, Kid Rock, uh, honky tonk central circuit yeah. of musicians where they, they kind of rotate bars. Well, he he wasn't a he wasn't a big partier, wasn't a big drinker or anything like that. But um, the long hours caught up to him and he had he had a hard time showing up. <laughs> but but that was cool story number one. Then this past summer, this good old farm boy from Montgomery, Alabama just calls me out of the blue. He'd seen Hardy in Ernest on TikTok or Instagram. All these musicians he saw like had a common theme, like they kept tagging Old Hickory Country Club or right. the Hick, and they were wearing the Hick hats. And so Will Shackerford, him and his brother out of Montgomery, Alabama, they're they're, like, legendary in Montgomery. They have a band called Shackelford Lane, and he's the best rough mower I've ever had in my life. Be, you know, He's worked it's, on equipment his whole yeah. life. He knows how to n- treat equipment. Yep. Uh, so he comes in and works uh, Monday through Thursday in the summer. Yep. And then in the winter, he they've got enough acreage where they hunt on, so he'll do guided hunting tours. Well, I don't need him to mow rough in the winter. so. Right. He's a seven eight month employee and then he's going back down to Montgomery
0: yep.
1: and they're gaining traction um, so yeah, just just a, you know, right on my own crew, just two really cool stories of yep. guys and I don't know if you know Nathan had that that hit that got him that massive billboard. I mean, you know the one I'm talking about by the Chevy oh, yeah. the Chevy oh, yeah. dealership right at the split by uh, that's the,
0: one of the most cherished billboards in all of Nashville. No, I, I couldn't believe it. I was going yeah. to a doctor's appointment or something
1: when I I saw it. And I was just like, man, I just I just fired Nathan like two months ago. But good that guy for him to show up to work. But uh, a a good good guy and
0: um, just just some of the stories. Um, I think the uh, we all you know it's it's you're going to probably have more stories like that. But we all have being in Nashville I have a couple of stories uh, that you you probably know but the more famous guy um, Kip Moore was he he came to Nashville and he Worked in the pro shop at Brentwood Country Club. He wrote songs during the day. He he would pass songs past me and Daryl, and we got to be buddy buddies and enjoyed and just seeing him grow and grow up. And he he ended up meeting some people and getting in the business. And and, and he, obviously he's grown up to be pretty big. But a, a more cooler story is a guy just calls me up out of the blue. He's moving from Aiken, South Carolina. James McNair, and you may know him. He's probably played out here with some, but he, he, uh, he was coming here to kind of work in the music business and all that. And he, he, um, just came on the cruise working, but ultimately he wanted to be a songwriter and, and, um, to kind of cut to the chase. He posted, um, uh, it wasn't too long ago, but I wrote him on this post and Facebook cause he was the, he's the number 31, I think it was 31, uh, Songwriter in in all of Nashville, like top thirty one. He's got a couple of number one hits. That's um, awesome. He's been on the podcast, and we talked about this early on. But he's he writes for Luke Combs and just a lot of other people. But I said I, I wrote in his post. It's a long way from riding a John Deere Greensmore on everyone Country Club, and that's just one of those cool stories where you see people how they you know they they. they Golf is a great place for him to, and he has a, a background in golf. His dad owns a, a golf course in Aiken, and, and it's a really cool story in general. That's one of the reasons why I want him on the podcast. But he, he's made it, man, and he's writing songs, and he's, you know, doing the big life, and and uh, it's just cool to see him, and he's he's – Done some work with Kip, so that they had a friendship while they were there, and so, uh and and you know, you just see, you know, we and obviously we've met a lot of people that are in the business, but those stories are fun to to hear and to see, and I don't know that I ever had anything to do with anything that he's ever done as far as what he's done, but he worked for me and uh, seen him blow up, and now he's made the big time. No, that's awesome. It's something you'll always remember, and it it is a cool story to tell. <laughs> yeah. Oh heck yeah! I mean you'd love to see your guys going. I mean, we love to have guys that come and go on and do their own work as a superintendent or whatever, but you know, if they, if they came here to do something different and they go and, uh, make it in their dream that, you know, hopefully we had some little bit of, uh, encouragement along the way and gave them some bit of advice that helped them get there, you know, because if had he not got a job at Brentwood, you know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe it uh, didn't work out like he, like he thought, who knows? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll he's a good dude and I and I and I've got to catch up with him but uh, happy for him for sure yeah absolutely hundred percent so what else is up man you, uh, everything uh what's 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 kind of uh what's kind of in the future coming up anything that I mean the the course itself is thriving you got a bunch of cool stuff you paint you paint for the winter looks awesome by the way uh, but uh, what's what's uh what's on the horizon anything uh, this year or you just kind of plugging through so we're just gonna keep
1: keep hammering down like i said we're in kind of in the middle of a carpath renovation we're a little bit of a standstill uh steve bought another golf course uh an hour and a half east of here the old Riverwatch golf club uh it is it is now known as
0: honky tonk national did you have anything to do with that name
1: i i didn't (laughs) um i will say i've really enjoyed the friendship i've developed uh with david phillips uh he's this guy oh he's the, the best and he's you know i've always prided myself on being a hard worker that that guy is a hard does worker. he
0: have a crew i mean is he, i mean I'm he had sure a big crew, a crew
1: through the summer yeah. it's, it's small right yeah. now but um initially like when steve was purchasing i i would drive up there and yeah dave got such a grip on that property he's all in right. his wife works there they they built a home next to the pro shop i mean for them, it, it's more, it's more than just a job. Right. It's, it's a, it's a passion. And, um, so anyways, they were doing some work up there. So one of, yeah. one of my crews left and, and they've, they've actually been gone four or five months now. So ho- hopefully we'll get them back and, and get going, but no, we're, we're just going to just keep trying to raise the bar, try to button up some of these projects we got open. Um, and then just hammer in the details. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many dams along the edges of Carp pass we fixed, how many I mean you don't you get to where you get tunnel vision where we had such a hard year and so much kill. We you get everything looking good between the trees and right. then you get out to like the outer mounds that maybe don't get irrigation or got torched last year with winter kill that hey I didn't I didn't sod it for a reason because we don't have water over there. Well right. we're doing a lot of that now. Um so I, I want to say just just keep raising the bar. Keep you know it. Years ago, we tried to be perfect. When I when I was running like seven guys, we would try to be perfect Monday, yeah. Wednesday, and Friday, because we would mow the golf course, fairways, tees, you know, greens, yep. roll, everything like that, and we would really only peak two or three days a week. So we're right. Our goal, you know, I'm going to say we're trying to peak five to six days a week. Well, you know, after that, you want to keep raising the bar. Yeah. Um, you know, hap- happy with the crew, happy with the agronomics, everything like that, but but we can always get get better. And when I say you you get to where, when I say we started looking good August 15th last year, yeah, between the trees or between, let's call it between the cart paths, yeah. looked really good you know now we're kind of hammering out the details that you get that tunnel vision looking down the middle you know now we're trying to you know get it off to the edges and yeah. um we don't have anything major we're we're still converting approaches little by little um mostly doing tahoma and all the approaches nice. um and going and taking the time to like regrade, fixing, fix right. not instead of just yep. regrassing, go ahead and fix sinkholes or a grading issue, or if we need to stick a drain in, or or the best thing that we've done is a lot of these dams that we fix along Carpass yeah. that have had drain kind of, you you know, you get a wet spot yep. or a puddle, you put a drain and spit it out. Um, getting rid of some basins is, has been awesome.
0: Yeah. Isn't um, there a plan for what, Used to be the 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 green that wasn't part of the golf course, but do you want to talk about that at all? Isn't there isn't there some uh, some sort of plan to incorporate that now?
1: Yeah, we we've been working little by little, so a lot of it is just using fill material from the cart path renovation. Yeah. Um, but our number three green, there there is another green, another two hundred yards behind it, yeah. and the eventual plan is to bulldoze that green out and kind of convert it into a par five it's going to be a process we've got some tweaks that we need to make to the hole to make it a little bit more forgiving a little bit more playable but and people ask me all the time you know people kind of know what's going on and I we don't hide anything from anybody but the reality is, is I can't it could be a year and a half from now and it could be three or four years from now and I'm pretty sure and confident and hope and hope i'm still blessed to be here then um but in terms of timeline it's well i need film material right now we're not under construction actively on the golf course um meaning like concrete or block work or bridges or you know all that was going on and then it kind of hit a standstill when when steve purchased another property uh but they are coming back and uh so we'll we'll do that but no just you know, we need to. When you think you got a lick, something's missing. You, I, I don't want to have that mindset because it's, you know, we could we could drive around and we're pretty open and honest and, and have yeah. good conversations and, and don't really at this point after twelve years hurt each other's feelings. So if if you see something, you you know, in a very nice kind way, like we'll constructively criticize each other. Sure. On, on That's the only thing. Ways, without like. Yeah. Hey, you suck at your job, but <laughs> but you know, you and I have enough of a respect where, hey, you know, what what do you think about, you know, once you get an arborist in here and do this and this and this, or and you know, it's all it all makes us makes us better in the long run. So, um,
0: so well, one no. of the one of the great things about this business is not only the relationships and the friendships you develop, but it's the ability to be able to have those conversations with people I picked up on so much going to other people's golf courses and looking at things and whether it's good or bad, you know, a lot of times it was good, but you know, I would just pick up little things and I would go back to, you know, whether I was at golf club or at Brentwood or, you know, wherever. And I would say, you know, what can we take from that and, and make it our own and try to make things better and, and you're always because it's we don't want to be say that we're competitive, but we are competitive. You know you want your golf course to be the best and you you know you work with what you got and you got the things you got to do to make it better and you know we're on worst critic. We always can like you said, me and you can go around here and we could we could in a short amount of time find ten things or 20 things yeah. that we know would be on our radar to fix but if you step back and look at it from a hole and say everything's really good, but that's where you get to the point where, okay, how can we constantly be? Cause when I would, when I would go into a greens committee meeting or some meeting with a chairman or, you know, president of the club or whatever, the li- my, I would always say this, the list doesn't get longer. It, it gets, things get added to it. i knock something off and two more things go on it. The list never gets shorter. It's just a matter of what becomes a priority and what you want to do, and and then and what what becomes evident is, is the things you're doing now are making a drastic impact. Whether it's fixing like little dams on a cart path that are creating a better you know water movement or drainage issues, those little things that nobody ever sees, adding irrigation head over to the rough where you can get grass to grow. Yeah,
1: people notice that it looks way better. Yeah,
0: they just don't know what but happens.
1: Don't- I mean we we used to have this horrible looking rock ditch behind yeah. number 6 green. It was it was maybe the worst dry water hazard in the history of golf. <laughs> and we it was coming from Old Hickory Boulevard. Every ounce of water from Old Hickory Village yeah. spills out across 6 fairway and we piped it all underground and got it back to the road. And it's it's by far mine and my assistant Randy like I said 35 years it's our most proud achievement here at Old Hickory Country Club, and there has been one comment on it since we did that. And we did that about four years ago. And for us, it, and it was fun. We're talking yeah. like – we're talking 36-inch pipe. We're not talking 4-inch pipe that we pipe from Old Hickory. Sure. We're talking big pipe. Yeah. And so just putting that together and having a crew of 10 guys, yep. you know, young guys push, pushing this pipe on and using mini X like all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff goes unnoticed. One thing that's made me better in the last couple of years, and it really was eye-opening, and, and you were there, I believe, and if, if you weren't, you played a tournament there the day before with Site 1, but um, we're all supportive of each other. I would do anything for any superintendent, especially the one – anybody in Middle Tennessee, but the ones really near to me, and then two guys in particular, uh, Bluegrass Country Club, Tyler Ingram, and Chris Young at Gaylord Springs. Right. I know them, I know their crews, the assistants, but we don't play each other's courses that much. Well, last year we had the end of the year meeting at Bluegrass and I played, I was only able to play like six holes, but I drove like 12 of them and it was, I went back to my place the next day and jotted down 40 things that I can do better. Right. And I thought that I had my place dialed in at that. This is like no, the November meeting. Yeah. And it was the same thing at Gaylord Springs this year. We were feeling really good. I went and took uh, Sundance, my second assistant out there. I took two of my crew members, yep. two good golfers. Uh, um, I wrote down so many ideas when I came back. And I was – what, what makes me – I mean, I've played bluegrass a number of times, and I've been really close friends with Chris Young from all the way back since 2007 at Stones River when him and I worked together. I have stepped foot on his property maybe five times. I've never played golf there. I
0: was blown away. Yeah, you told me that when you got off of it. And like, I
1: told you this thing about <laughs> about member pride. It's so funny because when you ask a member, like they'll play these inter-club events yeah. at bluegrass or... Or Fairfield, and and those are wonderful facilities up there. Grasslands, yeah. I think it's called now. Um, they'll play some stuff against Gaylord, but I'm like, the member pride takes over. Where you're like, man, how how was Bluegrass? They're like, man, it was really clean. Greens were good. You know, it it was, it was all right. Well, they in their mind, their club that they're paying their initiation and monthly dues to in their mind. And that's a good, that's a good problem yeah, to have as, yeah. as an employee is if they think their place is the best. But so I go a decade hearing, Oh yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's all right. And I, that that's no slight at all. Yeah. Me and my assistant were freaking blown away <laughs> last year at blue. Ra- he's like, this place is the shit. Yeah and it was the same thing this year at, at Gaylord Springs and and I was real proud of Chris and and we've all been friends a, a long time I I always knew Chris was good uh-huh. I mean it was evident he he was superintendent of the year for Marriott last year Right He just recently became certified there they've got all kinds of Audubon and wildlife sanctuary stuff going on and you know I've I've done a little bit of that at other courses. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of headaches that come with it, but I tell you what, he's doing it better than anyone right now. And and Tyler continues, I mean, the renovations he's done at Bluegrass, fairway renovations he's getting ready to do, greens, he's done bunkers in the past. But the detail work at both of their facilities, the the cart path edge, I I came back the day after Gaylord went and bought two cart path edgers, we started edging. Because yeah. I was like, man, this, it was just, and it's a little different. Resort courses have a little different. No, I get it. Um, and, and work Tyler with club core bluegrass, like their, their day to day standards are a little bit more catered to resort. And yep. so their for- focuses are a little different, but what I notice is that how well they did some of the details better than, than I did or better than right. we did as a staff. And then we, we come back and you know, there's stuff that I think we do really well as well, but we sit down, put pen to paper and we start hammering out all the stuff that they're doing that we're like, man, we just don't do it near as well as they yeah. do. So I,
0: I I will promise you that most people <laughs> that come to your course do the exact same thing. I did it. I I I, I learned that early on. Because we're we're obviously golf players. You know, we love to play the game. So we pick up on things from a different perspective. But seeing things from other golf courses and then taking them back to where you were. I mean, I did it when I took my first job at Brentwood from the golf club. I just – little things became, you know, massive to them. It's like – you know, picking teas broken tees up or, you know, little things like that. They never even had an idea about now become massive. And then you, then you start thinking about, well, you know, cart path wear and tear, let's do some rock work or let's, you know, add fixed drainage and you pick all this stuff up. You know, it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just finding something that somebody else has done and just adding our own little twist to it. And, uh, one of the, one of the things that I picked up from was Kurt Gates at, at Mead and Doug, I was, visiting their course one time and i was trying to figure out some wayward areas at brentwood and i went out there and i saw their fescue areas and all the work they've been doing i'm i just started taking pictures and notes and asking them questions like what are you doing and i took it back and i started that implementing that at brentwood i was like this is what we need this is all this was it this was the you know and just seeing little things like that and you know um i promise you that um we, we take stuff for granted because of the things we do and people pick up on it. But it that, to your point, it's like what Tyler and Chris are doing and you're doing and everybody that – you know, Jeff at Golf Club. I mean, just all over in general. Um, those little things get noticed. And it, not just by us. But, yeah. I mean, but there are instances where you do big things and nobody – Nobody nobody, no, nobody, nobody it, knew Nobody has a no, –
1: 100 uh, yards worth yeah. of a three-foot pipe. Yeah, they don't man. even know. So, BJ, I got – I got five minutes left, and I, I've i actually got something cool I want to end on. What word? Let's do it. Um, I have not had to communicate to a high level the last five years. So I always was good at the politics. I was always good at the letters to the membership. I yep. was always good at sitting in at the board meetings. Coat and tie. Well, I work for Stephen Leah Smith, and they run predominantly bars for their main source of income. but. Yep. And they they have their hand in probably 50-plus businesses, uh, incredible business minds. I mean, it's truly yeah. unbelievable. We got hammered with winter kill last year, and a lot of that was self-induced traffic kill. And one of the most fun things about being a member at Old Acre Country Club, or I yeah. like to call it Fight Club, is that there are no rules at Fight Club. Well, there are no rules at Old Acre Country Club. Yeah. That comes a lot of bad comes with the good. It, it's a lot of fun. So this year, and, and people noticed it. We we pounded the golf course with cart traffic, and this year, with the support of Steve and Leah, I was like, so "Listen, something's got to give." We're doing fivesomes, which means there's three carts on every hole. Yeah. They heard that, immediately went back to foursomes. That was a start. You know, we're still doing, you know, thirty thousand plus rounds. I said. There's a couple clubs in town that, that go carpath only from December through the end of March. Some, sometimes they'll, they'll go on stretches four to five months. So we're gonna do a three and a half to stre- to start. It was like December 15th through March 28th, right? <clears throat> I think this is a leap year, I think the 28th. but regardless and I left myself some it took me two days to compose this email. And here's – I am going somewhere with a story because I suck at staying on topic. But <laughs> I was – because I don't – I used to be a really good writer. I used to be a really good public speaker. I don't have to do that as much. I don't have to communicate my way out of situations. I didn't have to communicate my way out of the winter kill last year. Yeah, I should have. I would have done myself a lot of favors. When the covers blew off number one green and and – you know, seventy no, percent of the green is is gone, and yeah. I'm growing it in from a few little scattered plants here or there, and fighting for every single one. So, people got it. The freeze killed their landscape, and they killed a lot of grass. But you got to know that traffic kills too. Yeah. And I spent two days, and I'm sweating bullets before I hit send on this email. I kid you not, I've had fifteen emails or texts saying. You know what, Dan? This kind of sucks, but we get it, and we're so excited, and we it's the right thing to do. And and one of these gentlemen,
0: yeah.
1: he's my biggest supporter out here at the club. He's a big builder here in Nashville, just a just a wonderful man. And I really I was like, you know, I wonder what John's gonna think. And it's not John Daly. <laughs> it, this gentleman's name John Elders. Fantastic guy. Re- regardless. So I'm like, because, you know, he, he's a younger guy, a ton of fun, but, like, there's just not a ton of rules at Fight Club. And, and he, he was the first person to send me a text and be like, Dan, I love it. I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. The members are going to love it. I think I've had one negative, one negative comment total. Yeah. And we went Carpath only a month and a half ago. And so to wrapping this up, it was so intimidating for me, who I haven't lost my ability to public speak. I haven't lost my ability to write a well-informed, well-composed letter. Yeah. But I'm sitting here staring at it and being like, man, I, the backlash, I'm just dreading it. And it was right, you know, I can't believe, I think it was right before the holidays maybe. I, anyways... It all worked out and my membership is super on board. There's people walking again and, and yeah. it's it really started out our, our buddy David Robertson and now Kurt Gates who's at Hillwood. Their membership was really the first membership in Nashville to go all in. Yeah. And it was great for golf. Their members started walking more. They were really prideful of how good the course presented itself in April and May. And when we were really The rest of us weren't looking good till at best, middle of June. Yep. Member guest week, middle of June, July 1st, kind of, you know, they're right out of the gate looking really good. April 15th, May 1st. And so um, that that's my own two cents. I thought it would be an impossible task. Um, and I always thought that the Smiths wanted me to, because this is the one of the more fun clubs, yeah. I guess you would call it. I always thought I always thought I was doing my job to the best of my ability by being lenient to get people off as fast as possible. Yeah. When really all they wanted me to do was protect their investment to my best ability, which I wasn't doing. I thought I was doing what they wanted. Yeah. But whether I'm taking their fun away or I'm giving them the the most fun that day, my job is to protect their money, their golf course, yep. their – the resources that they give me. And I, I wasn't. Um, but for those of you guys nervous about making that plunge to, to go carpath only, I've had nothing, but I've had 90% plus rave reviews and the 10% negative. They're either too scared to tell me, I guess I'm just that intimidating to, to come (laughs) around (laughs) or They they know and the the thing is is that even when they're disappointed, man, I'm just not going to play the golf this winter that I normally play. I mean they got they got all our carts have covers, they have heaters in them. It's not going to make
0: a difference in the the grand scheme of things, I promise you.
1: And I'm like, you know, if you're physically able to play golf seven days a week on ninety degrees, surely like even if it's crummy weather. Yeah. If you're that fit to play 7 days a week, you you can play 3 or 4 days a week cart path only yeah. and I walk more when it's cart path only because I'm hitting it fairways sideways. Yeah. Not just like to the edge of a fairway or the wrong side of the cart path side of the fairway. I'm I'm I might walk 250 yards to my golf ball yeah. and then have to walk 250 yards back to the cart. So yeah. I'm walking I might as well just carry my bag and walk. So strap the bag and go. Um so that that's been really cool. Um, anyways, we need to do this again. Yep. I'm, uh, we had a really good conversation during lunch. We caught up on you and and what you're doing. I didn't realize that you've you've got a new podcast with Site One. Was it Insight?
0: Yeah. So Insight. I got yep.
1: I got to go check that out. I know nothing about it yet, other yep. than we we had this conversation. So I'll as i'm sitting on the couch after the kids are in bed tonight i'll i'll check it out
0: um well that one is a it's more of an internal sort of educational but it is on a public platform um so it i don't know how much benefit the outside world will get it's mainly geared towards because site one is so huge it's just a way to get information out but it's something that they saw something that you know i brought a little bit of a you know a a skill set too, because I, I do this and I've done this for a while now. But uh, I enjoy that. But man, I know you got to go. Um, it's a valuable insight you gave there at the end. I think it's uh, a great, a great way to uh, kind of put a bow on this message. It's always fun to sit down and talk to you, uh, man. You're one of my very best friends. We, we, uh, we. Um, Always have a good time together. Going to play a lot more golf this year. Uh, thanks for sharing the stories. Thanks for sharing what's going on with you. And uh, just best of luck this year. And uh, we'll, we'll, also, we'll we'll definitely sit down and do it again. And for anybody that wants to reach out to Dan, he's at Old Hickory Country Club. He's the most gracious person. He will, he will talk your ears off. He'll tell you all about uh, what's going on here. Um, and um, just reach out to him anytime because uh, I'm sure he'll – He'll uh, he'll he'll chat with you for sure, but um, man, appreciate it, uh, and uh, let's do it again soon.
1: All right, BJ, thank you so much.
0: All right, my man, take uh, care of yourself, and we'll do it soon. All right, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into everything I'm going on to next. All right, sounds great. Look forward to it. Appreciate everybody listening. Thank you. Uh, be sure to share, rate, subscribe. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, and uh, until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Set food, send me, the lyrical, the lyrically.